Just to dive right in, I mean, Rebecca, congratulations on your first feature. It is so beautifully done. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Is it, are you having like a surreal kind of like out of body experience right now? Yeah, can you tell? <laughs> well, <good>. Yeah, <laughs> I am. It's well, it's just it's funny because I you know I I finished I did the post production during COVID so, you know other directors I hear do things like screenings with people mm -hmm. in rooms where you get to feel their responses and and tonight is the first time that I have ever had that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shout out to vaccines. Um, but I know it's been like a long journey for you with this film ever since you read the book, you felt that visceral connection to it, you felt the personal connection mm. to it. Can you talk a bit about when you read the book and realized there's something here that I want to make this a feature, there's, I'm feeling that spark. Talk to me a bit about that. Yeah, it was, it was immediately. I, I mean, I, I remember it very specifically. It was 13, 14 years ago. I finished the book, closed it, opened my laptop, started writing a screenplay. <laughs> it was slightly like being possessed. And I, I think that I, I think that I had freedom to do it because honestly I didn't think it would end up like this. Or I talked myself out of it. You know, I, I was like, well, I had all these ideas upon finishing the book. I was incredibly moved by it for personal reasons because there's a history of passing in my family, which I've spoken about before, but there was also I was just struck by the modernity of it, how it speaks to so many aspects of humanity <laughs> in this tiny, tiny book. You know, it's not just racial passing, it's all the ways in which, you know, the thing that you think you believe in doesn't match up with the thing that you want. You know, the, the, the ways in which we're all putting ourselves into containers or letting other people put us into containers and then we're messily spilling out of them because nobody can be defined by one thing. That is a very contemporary idea. I mean, we have words now like intersectionality, all this kind of thing. Nella Larson was doing that and I was so blown away by that when I, when I read the book that I, I just thought I had all these ideas. Like I wanted it to be black and white. I wanted it to look in a certain way. I, had, I came up with ideas for shots, which are bizarrely in the movie. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, so I, 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 I like really cracked into the screenplay thinking, you know, I'm gonna get into this because I'll never make it. So it's fine, this is just for me. Mm -hmm. And then it, you know, then it was a 13 year process of, not quite 13 years, it was a about six year process of me getting the nerve to get it out of a drawer and then another six years of actually trying to get it made, you know, which is, you know, normal. Getting closer and closer <laughs> to the screen. Just really quickly, what was one of the early shots that you had in your mind that you did actually get to bring to fruition? Uh, the feet. Oh. The feet were pretty, oh. were pretty, <laughs> pretty quick. Got some uh, feet people in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the feat was a pretty early one, and also the idea of the 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 meeting between the two of them. I was really um, I couldn't stop imagining how that scene could play out filmically in my head. I loved the idea of putting the central character initially in a place where she was being observed and you didn't know why she was hiding from something, mm -hmm. to a place where she's sort of voyeuristic in this room and 
feeling safe and then to this place where then she's looking around and then suddenly there's this other person looking right at her. I love that idea of playing with that who's looking at who thing to give that yeah. feeling. So that was that was that idea of that shot of that panning thing was early too. Yeah, I love I love the journey of that. Just bringing that shot like to life finally. Um, and before I move on to your amazing cast, I am curious. Um, you did an interview with my colleague David Canfield, and you talked about bringing Tessa and Ruth to your house for a weekend before going into production because you felt like it would be mm -hmm. imperative to have that time together. Um, so tell me all about that. What y'all do? How was it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm an actor, so I understand the benefit of rehearsal. And uh, I knew that, that uh, something on this budget wasn't going to give me much, so I just kidnapped them instead. Mm -hmm. I think. <laughs> yeah. Like rehearsal at the house or like just bonding time, like connecting? There was, there was some. You and I sat down and did a lot of work, um, like real kind of sit down, go through scenes kind of work. But it was it was also just a time for the the two of them to be together and just sort of absorb each other's, you know, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, we'll talk about that later. Um, Tessa, I, I know that you said that you were, uh, I guess you were terrified to take on this role, but you did it with such grace and such depth. It's so, like, it's a beautiful performance. What was it that, yeah. I mean, what was it that ultimately? Yeah. What was it that ultimately made you like say yes to this? Like, what intrigued you about just diving in? Um. Uh, well, I don't know. First of all, thank you so much for being here. I know that it's you know, um, not an easy time to do anything, <laughs> and it means a lot um, to to have you here. So, really, thank you. Um, I, I guess I sort of like being terrified hmm. um, because I, in the sense that I like to, when I'm approaching work, that there's something that feels central to the thing that I'm unsure that I can do. Hmm. And uh, I think in this case it had to do with the interiority of the character and also that there was this um, so much is expressed, as, as Rebecca said, like for example, that panning shot, if you read the passage, it, Nella stays very squarely on Irene's obsession with why this woman is staring at her, but without sort of looking away and looking back, there's no cinematic journey. Um, and so Rebecca was able to tease that out, and, and so I felt very comfortable that she could do it. What I was worried about for myself is that there's this incredible document um, in, in Nella's words of the wealth of and depth of feeling that this woman has inside. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have a lot of dialogue to express that, and also when you're playing someone that is quite restrained in the moments when she's feeling the most, which is whenever she's around this person and absorbing things in her when they're absorbing each other. <laughs> stuff, the stuff is there. When they're, they're absorbing each other's stuff. Um, she's, you know, she's like feeling so much, but she, it, how do you say that without saying that? Um, and that, that terrified me. Yep. But the easy thing is I think she just needs to be really beguiled and blown away 
by this woman. And I mean, look at her. <laughs> look at her. And, I mean, shh, come on. How could you not be? So that was easy. <laughs> well, uh, that's. Uh, let me ask this beguiling woman a question. I mean, Ruth, you are so incredible in this movie and haunting and vivacious. There's so many layers to this performance that you give. And uh, maybe haunting is not the word you would use, but talk to me a bit about bringing this really complex woman to life and what it was that compelled you to play this woman. I love the word haunted. Yeah. I love it. I was haunted by this book. Yeah. I was haunted by um, these characters, Claire and Irene. And um, I think what struck me most is this, I, I'd never really read a friendship like that, you know, with a full, deep complexity of female friendship, with all the beautiful attraction, but also the, um, they're sort of repelled by one another at the same time, that push and pull, mm-hmm. um, with all the complexities, the beauty, the ugliness of it, the jealousy, the envy, the, you know, um, I was bewitched by these women. And for me, for Claire, I was so curious about this woman who, um, oh, just her intention on living so fully and uh, authentically, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, brings to mind that Mary Oliver quote about, you know, what will, what are you going to do with your wild and precious life? And, and, and Claire, for me, you know, she, she intends to live it fully. And deeply um, and I guess uh, you know reading and I, I found I don't know this atmosphere of a sense of an ending somehow that that haunts the book and that lingers way after the final frame mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rebecca captures she bottled that yeah. and that's a terribly hard thing to do mm-hmm. um, and I and um, I don't think I've ever seen a translation that captures the feeling and the emotion, having read it on screen so beautifully. Had you read the book before getting the script, or did you read it? Yeah, I'd read the book. Yeah. Um, but all the conversation you've had, we were saying, is like, now the, the chicken and the egg, you know, I don't know what came first, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost. Um, but um, yeah, Rebecca, I'd wanted to work with Rebecca for a long time, and we met up in New York, and she said she was adapting it, and I thought, oh, I'll have, I, I'd do it anytime, anywhere. Just tell me when. I'm ready for the next collaboration between I all do. of you, if it's like this. Andre, your character is so complicated, so rich, um, and there are so many scenes that jump out at me when I think of him, but uh, I'm curious for you, like I was asking them, you know, what was it that um, intrigued you about this character and made you want to, to play him, to embody him? Thank you for saying that. Um, and hello, everybody. Um, I think that, um, first of all, the thing that honestly that intrigued me was how great the writing was, how great a job Rebecca did with the script. Um, I like working with good writing. And even more than that, I like working with talented people. And so in this case, it was like a home run. Um, so that was, that was like the most exciting part. And then as far as the character, um, getting a chance to explore this world, you know? I think that's one of my favorite things about this job is the opportunity to learn things that we maybe didn't know before. I didn't know about Nella's work. I hadn't read Passing. So it really was like a, a, a real discovery of a treasure. It's what it felt like, you know, in discovering this book. 
and then getting an opportunity to, to take that, that newfound history personally um, is always a lot of fun. Yeah. So those are the things that, that really drew me to it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I think of your character, I think the, the dinner table scene, you know, the argument that he has with Tessa's character is, it's very of that era, but it's also very contemporary. Like there are black parents having these conversations all the time. Um, so I did want to ask you about that scene and what it was like preparing for that and diving into that and performing that particular scene. Yeah, I was really looking forward to that scene from the beginning. Yeah. I couldn't wait to do that one. Um, it does. It feels very contemporary. And I feel like, you know, we're in a moment in our culture now where we're maybe more willing to have these more honest conversations about race, mm -hmm. um, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really was it was fun to get a chance to say those words and to, to sort of represent his point of view. And then get to do it opposite Tessa. Um, yeah. Such a marvelous scene partner was made it all all the more special. Yeah. Well, Tessa, how was that scene for you? Doing it or watching it? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you. How long do you have? No, I. It was. It, yeah, that's what struck me is just uh, how modern it it felt, and this was before the events of last summer. Um, but it's like forever and always in this country, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the negotiation you make as a parent to, to, to black children and in particular, I'd say young black men. Um, and so there was that on one hand and to excavate that, which well, you didn't have to dig very deep. And then on the other hand, I think the scene has a really important musicality um, that it felt like um, it sort of felt like we were playing a piece of music together, you know. Um, to me, there was a real specificity in the in rhythm, um, and so that that was cool. I, I like something that I really enjoyed about this project is the precision, like because of the aspect ratio, for example. If you were off your mark by a little bit, you just like were objectively not in the right place. And Rebecca would come in and be like, do it again, but do it better. You know? And you'd be like, okay. Um, but it was great. I don't know. I like that. I think because I, I don't know, I didn't play sports and I'm not qualified to do anything else. I just like something where I'm like, did I do it right? And, and then you did, you know? And, and, and inside form, there is such freedom. Mm -hmm when you know what the form is. It's what I always loved about Shakespeare, the classics. I mean, she knows. Go see her in Macbeth. Yeah. He knows too. He knows. On he's, the end there. he's so good at <laughs> Shakespeare. You're so good at Shakespeare. <laughs> but, but, he's really so good. You um, actually, oh, so, no, please. No, no, I'm done. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, you actually, you started going into my next question, which was about the precision of the film. Uh, Ruth, you said something so interesting about the precision of the, the technicality of the camera of Rebecca's framing. Um, and I was curious, like, how did that stretch you as an actor? Like, how did you take to that? How did you uh, enjoy um, the, finding the, the freedom in the form, as Tessa just put it? Well, Tessa's absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, um, in order to play, you have to have rules, you know, because it, it, it just it just tightens everything up and and um, I, I don't know I felt like I felt a great comfort and um, relief mm -hmm. in it because I think um, 
the way Re Rebecca works is it's a very um, collaborative process. You know, we were let in on this. Mm -hmm. This wasn't um, sort of a puppeteer and her puppets. Mm -hmm. This was a very much, you know, we knew that there was a goal um, in terms of framing. Um, and uh, But we were included in it, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the lovely thing about, I think, about working with Rebecca and especially her being an actor as well, like, you know, um, there's a gift, a mutual gift of trust. Mm -hmm. And that's a lovely thing as an actor to have from a director is trust and to be let in on it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and to demystify it. Yeah. Because, you know, I think we said uh, uh, before, like you kind of get rid of this sort of an unnecessary politeness, mm -hmm. you know, that can, that can, um, um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I enjoyed it because within that framework, we had a freedom yeah. to discover, mm -hmm. you know, within the scene and and working with Tessa and Andre. I mean, it, it was such a, a thrill of delight because, you, you know, you didn't really know what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you knew where you had to hit and everything, but anything could happen within that framework. And, mm -hmm. and you know, watching it for the first time on the screen with everybody tonight was an incredibly moving experience. And I remember, I kind of don't remember the filming of it, yeah. you know? It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a dream. And so was the filming, it's sort of dream-like yeah, yeah. um, quality to it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still, it's still settling, still yeah. bewitched yeah. by it all. Yeah, well, just piggybacking off of that, I mean, Rebecca, it, the framing is so beautiful. There is such precision. There is such a beautiful stillness in every shot. And I was wondering how you arrived at, at that being sort of the visual language of this film and that being how you wanted to tell this story. Well, I think Tessa touched on a little earlier that the sort of inherent problem of adapting this book to screen is that if you, if you were even able to show the inside of your central protagonist's mind, Irene, it would be lies because she's not truthful to herself. That's the whole point of the story. She doesn't really know who she is. She's so bound up in the idea of this respectable, proper, correct, right, wife, mother, everything, that there's no room for her expression of self. So how, you know, the, the, so this, this, this was the fundamental problem, you know, like how do you, how do you get let you guys in on that? And how do you show that? And I think that the formality of it was, just felt to me tonally correct that there should be a slow, a way of slowly letting, giving signals to the audience that this person is unreliable and finding a visual language to do that. Like you slowly start to see that you're seeing what she's seeing and maybe it's not real. It's fuzzy, it's blurry. I mean, we literally used uh, lenses, Lomos, for quite a lot of it, which compressed, but like a soft on the top and the bottom, just a little bit, you know? So the, there's this sense that her world is kind of dissolving around her. And also, you know, things like, I've, the other, I'm sorry, I'm nine now, I'm, I'm shifting to something else, but it occurs to me that when I thought about this film a lot, you know, the, the 20s are famous for being loud. <laughs> the jazz age, color, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And there was something so, this book was so simple and held so much thematically because it allowed 
it allows you to do the work. Mm -hmm. And so I kept thinking, how is the, what is the simplest version of this? And that comes down to shot by shot. Like, I don't want to have to cut away, so let's see how long I can contain a two shot. Let's use a mirror if we have to, because that's mm -hmm. all part of the whole identity shtick anyway. So, you know, <laughs> let's play a two shot in a mirror with that person as well. You know, and, and that formality and the four three also literally puts them in a box. You know, it puts them in this place of restraint, Irene specifically, that you just wanted to bust out of by the end of it. It should feel claustrophobic. It sh the music is deliberately repetitive. It's beautiful and haunting, but it's deliberately like on a loop she can't get out of, like mm -hmm. she can't get Claire out of her head, you know, and all of these, um, so I, I was very specific about everything, is, I guess is what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> to try and get that goal. No, and, um, and it shines yeah. through, yeah. yeah. I, I was curious as well. I mean, you mentioned the score. It's mm -hmm. um, uh, Emma Hoy, Gabru, mm -hmm. the, the amazing, amazing like Ethiopian nun mm -hmm. who like donated this music in like the 1960s to raise money for an orphanage. Like, yes, amazing backstory. Correct, and um, she was in exile for most of her life. And that song that you hear all the way through the movie is bizarrely called "Homeless Wanderer." Mm. Um, I heard it. I don't know when I was doing a rewrite at some point, not right at the beginning, but somewhere in the middle. And I remember hearing that piece of music and thinking, well, that's the film. That's the tone. That's the feeling. That's the sensibility. That's, that's all of it. If I can make this film sound, look like how this sounds, <laughs> then it's right. Yeah. I mean, I think you did. It's, it's the perfect, perfect accompaniment. Yes, snaps. I heard someone snap. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I did want to also ask, I mean, um, you talked about like the contrast of the 20s and it being mm. loud. And, but there's still this fidelity that you have to creating, you know, 1920s era Harlem. It's so beautiful to mm. watch. Um, I live in Harlem, so it was it was lovely to just like travel back. Well, because we were really there, you yeah. know. That's the kind of that's the trick. Yeah. We really shot it there. I was like, I'm not going to Toronto to shoot this, you know. It's like. uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, talk to me a bit about diving back into that era, bringing Harlem to life, and or maybe like some of your favorite locations that you shot at. Talk to me yeah. a bit about that process. Well, the, the house was pretty great. Oh. I mean, the the house. I mean, I did sort of wanted to feel in quite opulent on some level and yet very pared down on the inside like she's not in the same way that Irene isn't quite a full person I don't feel like she's so she can't really express herself in her decorating so it was quite sparse <laughs> you know and and but the house was very it was just very it was meaningful to be there in Harlem, not anywhere else, in that house in a brownstone like that, knowing that these houses and these spaces and the apartment that serves for the party at the end of the film mm -hmm. was a kind of historic um, building that had that courtyard. And I remember it was, there were probably parties in the 20s that mm -hmm. took place in that building. And I remember going on a scout to see that location and just truly getting the hairs on the back of my neck standing up because the mm -hmm. courtyard was so like, oh, well, obviously this is it. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that it, what it would look like from all the way up above. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm curious for the three of you, like how was it stepping back in time? Like does it add something to the character or the performance when you're really on these locations and you're portraying these characters? I was starting with Tessa. Yeah, I think so. Um, the uh, house, the Redfield residence, 
we were in there a lot and we would use um we would use the bedroom as the place where we would all like sit whatever like because they didn't have trailers we didn't have trailers for money um (laughs) so so we'd all be in this in this bedroom together and Sometimes it felt claustrophobic. It'd be like, which was helpful for me because Irene is supposed to feel very claustrophobic. And sometimes I was like, I mean, it was lovely, but like every door, also like the bathroom, you'd like open and it's like it's Video Village. Don't, and you're don't, like, don't talk about the bathroom. That was my happy place. Remember, I set up a monitor in there because I, I needed to be quiet. Sometimes. And I was so happy for you, except when I had to pee. I was like, this is awkward, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think it really, and and it's this, yeah, beautiful, and it's creaky, and it's, you know. You painted it bright red. Yeah, I wanted you to say that, but I did when you were talking earlier. Well, I, I don't want to, um, uh, uh, Ruth, how about for you, and then Andre, and then. Yeah, um, well, you know, I, I believe, um, using that word again, haunted. I think, I think um, bricks and mortar and wood are carry memories. You know, and uh, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine. That's why it was so beautiful filming there. All the memories that that those houses hold. And that was very, very um, vibrant in that house, you know. And so, of course, it it helps as well as the costumes, you know. Um, You know, you just think, oh, I wonder how many stories this this thing has, you know. And are they speaking to us now? You know, and I I love that. um, so yeah, I, I definitely felt that. Yeah, that bed saw a lot of napping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we shot the party scene at the apartment, I I like to imagine that Nella Larson herself would have been in like one of those apartments at a party or something. Yeah. yeah. Didn't we find an article about some party that was there, uh, there in that building or something that Harlem Renaissance that were mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That doesn't go anywhere. Andre, how about for yourself? No, same. Yeah, of course, it's beautiful once you, you know, when you when you put on the clothes, especially for me, is a part that always kind of changes it. And Marcy Rogers did such a beautiful job mm-hmm. with the wardrobe. It's, um, yeah. Perfect place to end it. Well, thank you all so much for being here. This has been wonderful. And thank you all so much for being thank here. You. Let's give them another thank round you. of applause. Thank you. Yes. thank you so much. <laughs>